0: This is Aaron from the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Welcome to our midweek episode. What we have for you this week is some discussion about this week's episode of Raw, coming out of WWE's Battleground pay-per-view. Talk a little bit about the contract situation in TNA Impact Wrestling. And then uh, we get into our preview of this Friday's uh, Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. Some of our podcasts co-host may be attending it in the baltimore area we'll have to see about that and then we'll be reviewing that on our weekend episode uh don't forget our uh episode 26 was this weekend and that was our battleground pay-per-view review and reactions episode if you missed that we did an impromptu kevin owen's uh edition of the Cena monster files so you can check that out as well as all of our past episodes on itunes uh off of our social media pages as well as WrestlingOpinion.com, to feature all of our episodes um, as they come out. So without further ado, let's get started with some uh, some very lively discussion about Monday Night Raw and the lesnar Taker angle, and what they're doing with John Cena, and so forth. So here we go. Episode 27... Aaron here. I'm with two of the fellas tonight. Uh, Let's start with Dr. M. Good, doctor. How are you this evening? Doing pretty well, sir. How are you? I'm doing okay. We watched Tough Enough, which we can get into in a little bit. We're watching some of Total Divas. Haven't finished it yet. Uh, Good night, though. It's lovely weather here, finally. It's been super-duper hot. Uh, Has it been hot by you, too?
1: Oh, yeah. definitely been hot over
0: here. Yeah. And we also have 2Chames James, who is, um, he's double-tasking here. He's going to podcast with us, and he's working on trying to not die on Call of Duty. What's the status right now, friend? <laughs>
1: I'm surviving on playing zombie mode right now.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit more intense when, you're not, when you can't hear the sounds from it. So Oh, understood. That,
1: everything's all good, people.
0: Good deal, man. Well, we just uh, our last episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, we encourage you to listen to episode 26. It was our review and reactions to WWE's Battleground pay-per-view. We also had an impromptu Cena monster files there with Kevin Owens after his tap-out loss to John Cena in the U.S. title match. But we're going to go ahead and just talk a little bit about Raw. We're recording this on Tuesday this week, so Raw was last night. And then, like I said, we'll touch a little bit on Tough Enough and maybe some other news in the wrestling world Um I guess we'll just start with the biggest part of Raw, which was Taker versus Lesnar being officially confirmed. And then we had the promo segments with Taker to start off Raw. We had promo from Paul Heyman. And then we had the giant brawl that the whole locker room had to separate, not only in the ring, but also in the aisleway and backstage. We'll start with you, Dr. M. My goodness, um... Sorry, I'm a little distracted. My cat just jumped up. on. I'm out on the porch at my house, and my cat's jumping up trying to look at a moth, and she just fell off the ledge, and she's still going after the bug. So I'm I'm also double-tasking right now. Anyways, um, what are your thoughts about this uh, main event of SummerSlam 2015? Are you with it? Are you having some issues with it? I know we kind of discussed our issues with the way Battleground ended, but putting that aside, are you into this rematch? of uh, Taker avenging his, the loss of his streak?
2: You know, uh, as uh, our, our listeners will know, I and uh, I think a good number of us were not into it at the end of Battleground. But uh, I think Raw did a good job on a number of fronts of making this rematch actually feel like something that I would want to watch. Um, first, I think the first thing that did that was Paul Heyman's promo. And any wrestling fan knows that Paul Heyman can sell anything, and uh, Heyman did an excellent job selling that match and selling the personal issue between Brock and Taker, and then the brawl. I mean, the brawl was excellent. Yes. Two segments. Um, two segments, both in the ring and backstage. Um, and based on those two things, I'm actually. I'm actually interested in that SummerSlam match now.
0: So it seems like Dr. M is definitely with the Taker Lesnar match. Uh, are you of the same opinion too, James, or are you not feeling it?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling it. Um, I like the traditional style of promo when I went into it. It uh, definitely had a lot of ties back into the attitude era. Uh, I alluded to it a lot about, you know, when there was an issue within with somebody, it was like, hey, like, you know, I'm not going to wait to the end of the show to make this issue be known. And it's, it's, it's a salute to the old days. Like everybody, you know, like call the glory days with the to era. But besides that, um, it's good to see the undertaker is physically capable of doing it. So I'm always for that. Um, it's also great that the fact that there's a, there's two sides to the feud. So the undertaker was able to cut a promo and Paul Heyman, whereas, uh, WrestleMania, it was just pretty wide for four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, and it brings up steam, you know, because you start thinking like, hey, does Undertaker get redemption as the storyline they're promoting? Does Brock lose steam if that happened or will Brock still become as dominant as he's been promoted within the last over the last two years? So I'm definitely intrigued with how it's going to be played out and what happens afterwards in the storylines
0: man i was i was completely shocked i'm with you guys i was completely shocked by how much they got me invested in it in just one night and i can only imagine how much more they're going to get us into it over the next several weeks leading up to SummerSlam. the best thing they did wasn't even the pro well it was part of the promos but not even so much the brawl although that was great too it was taker's promo he he said streaks are meant to be broken and it seemed like he, that he was acknowledging to the fans, like, it's okay that the undefeated streak's gone. I'm okay with it. It's okay for you to move past it and not be salty about it. Um, But then he said, but what's not okay is you rubbing it in my face every chance you get every time you talk. And I was like, man, I can connect with that because – like, the best the best things in wrestling sometimes are when they establish a personal issue between characters. And I think we've all uh-huh. dealt with someone in our lives who just, like, won't let something go. Like, that was just uh-huh. so—he he didn't speak for very long, but what he said was so good. And then you had Paul Heyman come out right after he says, you know, stop talking about it. And Paul Heyman rubs it in his face a million times. And then the yeah, lights go out, Taker comes out, and then Brock comes out, and then chaos ensued. But, man— so well done. Um,
2: I think the and only way... The crowd way to th- really... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Aaron. The crowd really made that. The, all those segments, too. Yeah. Like, I just love how during the, the Taker segment, everybody was, like, dead silent. Yeah. You know, like every word Taker said. Yeah. The Heyman segment, you know, the crowd was into it. And then the brawl, I mean, the crowd, you know, they started chanting at one point. So I think the crowd did almost as much as the reformers to make this match interesting
0: well as much of a a guy i am uh, being about chicago and about the midwest i'm loving that we're finally pretty much past these cm punk chants and the crowds hijacking the shows because like you said (laughs) if they had been chanting cm punk during the whole taker promo it wouldn't have been nearly as effective or entertaining it's nice to see the crowds kind of being able to just enjoy the product and not be so angry all the time like you're not going to be happy all the time with the product and that's okay but like don't ruin it for everybody like we had we have us a pretty good main event going into SummerSlam here like everything felt very big on raw and kind of transitioning from that the Seth Rollins what seems to be his next title feud at SummerSlam is against the United States Champion John Cena We'll go to 2 chains first on this. Are you feeling that as the feud? Because I, I know we talked on our last episode about how we didn't really know where they were going to go with Seth Rollins in terms of his next opponent. It seems like Cena kind of was the only choice to begin with now that he seems to be officially past Kevin Owens for now. What did you think about that? Um, I'm not feeling it, and I am hope it's not true. Really? Uh, I don't think Cena coming out
1: solidifies the feud, but... Um, if it is, I'm not feeling it. And I mean, the big issue here is that um, SummerSlam is considered, baby, WrestleMania. It's their second biggest um, show mm-hmm. throughout the year. And I feel like it needs to obviously, you know, stage and mimic the likes of a WrestleMania. And the fact that the World Heavyweight Championship would not be the main event he values the belt to me. Sure. And uh, I'm not feeling that. Um, hopefully something works out. They have four weeks. Hopefully something works out where a more of a legit feud with, uh, with Seth Rollins uh, is panned out and John Cena was just coming out. This to spark heat. Um, obviously John Cena was,
2: was the super face of the night with the SmackDown-ish main
1: event and the crowd control he did uh, with... Seth Rollins so maybe you know it was just it was just to play out with the crowd which which was a great crowd like we already alluded to so maybe it's just one of those type of things but if it does turn to a feud I'm not feeling it one bit it doesn't do anything for either belt
0: what do you no go ahead go ahead
1: and it, it definitely extremely hurts uh kevin owens
0: that that was my only main sticking point with it too it seems like kevin owens just got tossed completely aside and what i what i read on the dirt sheets today preceding our recording was that kevin owens is going to be removed from the you know the main main echelon of the main event scene and be more of an upper mid carter and they're not going to establish a match for him at SummerSlam, but rather let him focus on uh, just Finn Balor the day before SummerSlam at the NXT Takeover Brooklyn special so I'm I'm with you on that um Dr. M where are you at with this potential John Cena Seth Rollins champion versus champion feud uh
2: you know like two chains I'm not feeling it either um in in part because you know it would be a good match. Like, you know, that those two got enough time in the ring that they would put on a good performance. Uh, but I think I'm not feeling it mainly because of how Kevin Owens kind of got pushed, pushed to the side a little bit. Um, and I'm also not feeling it because think about where this match is going to be. It's going to be in Brooklyn in front of those rabid New York fans. And, you know, all these months that John Cena, I think, has been doing a really good job of kind of getting more support. Of course, the fans still chant, John Cena sucks whenever he comes out. But once those U.S. Open challenges get going, like, people get really invested in his matches. Mm-hmm. In New York against Seth Rollins, uh, you know, things are going to change. And so I don't think this match serves either one of those competitors very well. I would rather see Seth Rollins and Lillian Garcia than <laughs> yeah. Rollins and, and, and John Cena.
0: Yeah, they they had them a moment. I was a little uncomfortable with him placing his hands on her on Raw last night considering the, the large amount of domestic abuse that's been in the news and the sports news especially. But, um, you know, we'll move past that, I guess. But I I – I was into the promo that Cena and Rollins did, but they left it vague enough that I think WWE has a lot of ways they can go with it. I agree with you guys that it kind of devalues both titles because think about how John Cena has elevated that U S title with his open challenges and with the few with Kevin Owens, especially and Rusev um, before that. And then now it seems like he's almost lessening it by going after the world title while he still has the type you know the title that he claims is so important it's just it's really convoluted the way that they could make it work if they wanted to go there though maybe somehow you have seth rollins um cost scene of the title at one of the upcoming open challenges and you can kind of play it off of that maybe and maybe past that point you can get a nice little mid card if you go in for that u.s title with someone like a Cesaro or Rusev or Kevin Owens or whoever, but I it's convoluted. But I I was interested in the promo because it made sense. But where they go with it, that's going to determine a lot. Um, I guess maybe we'll just kind of wait and see on that one. The other um, the other big beat that I had coming from Raw was the progression in the newly formed Wyatt family versus Roman Reigns feud. We have Dean Ambrose getting involved now, so it's two-on-two, which I thought it was all done very well. And then we kind of have the rumors circulating online that somehow there might be a third Wyatt family member, but it's not likely to be Rowan coming back because he's hurt long-term. So that Sting can get in late in the game. That's what I read today. I don't know how much merit there is to that. Let's just say they do add a third Wyatt family member. Dr. M, who is that going to be?
2: Gotta be Bo Dallas. Think so. I think it. I think it has to be Bo Dallas, um, and I say that because, as as entertaining as Bo Dallas is, I'm starting to, to think that he is not going to be. He's not going to get very far on his own. No. Um, I personally liked. Uh, what was it? A couple weeks ago, those, those few sort of appearances he did with The New Day. Like, oh was, man! I was entertained with that.
0: Honestly, I'd um, rather he go with the new day than the Wyatt family because I think it would be a better yeah, I mean, fit. Yeah, I think I would too.
2: Yeah. Um, but I think seems since that seems to have been dropped now, I think it would be cool to have him um, as part of the Wyatt family because you got you have your your big brawler guys in Bray and Luke Harper. It would be kind of cool to have somebody to sort of offer a different style.
0: Yeah, that think. makes sense. 2 chains? you think Bo Dallas is the guy if they go there? Do you, do you Can you think of someone else? Um, I I really don't think there's many options left. I don't either. Um, the, the scary thing is there are people that could add to this table, but they just don't quite fit the mode. Yeah, yeah.
1: Think about Heath Slater.
0: <laughs>
1: so, well, they'd be a three-man
0: band, band, band again, man. it would be nice.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a random it's a random name that you be like how you know
3: unless he takes a big identity change, you know maybe
0: maybe it's Jack Sw-
2: Jack
1: Swagger maybe it's another, you know so um obviously the, the easy the easy choice is Bo Dallas which I really was liking the idea of Bo Dallas you know teaming with New Day but as of right now who knows I mean what about the Ascension? Both of them both going I, I th- to the wide
0: band. I thought about that, too, because the vibe of their gimmick kind of works. Um, here's my issue with, with the Ascension and to a certain extent with Bo Dallas. You know, Luke Harper made sense, obviously, because of the history. If you bring a third guy in and it's not Rowan because of the long-term injury he has, it's got to be someone who's going to push it over the top where it makes them even more dominant and more fearsome than they currently are in a two-man form and I don't know if you get that with Ascension or you get that with Bo Dallas but like you said there's not very many options available the only other one I can think of that would be that would definitely knock people's socks off and I don't think they're going to go there at all just based on the feuds that are brewing in NXT from what I've heard Samoa Joe could be an interesting choice but I don't think they're going to go there yeah just his style pardon
1: I said yeah that would be interesting
0: Yeah yeah, I don't think they'll go there Because he gets such a baby face reaction I heard his t-shirts That they put out when he debuted They sold out in a heartbeat So I think that there's more money to be made Keeping him baby face for now But I guess we'll see where that goes Um, I think the idea of bringing Sting into it Seems a little forced And I think it's just to kind of Pop a a network buy rate If that's even a thing
1: I think um and the rumor's been pretty, you know, dead on, besides
0: the Sting stuff. So, I mean, yeah, everyone called Taker coming back at Battleground, and that happened and, you know, so forth. So, yeah, I think, I don't you know.
1: know. The Sting thing, thing could just be, you know, it could be a curveball here where it could happen or couldn't happen. It depends, and it probably would be
0: interesting on how it's done, but um, there's no reason to hold your breath for it, you know. And I think you some-
2: know who? Sorry. Go ahead, you know doctor. Yeah. Who would have been a good uh, would have been a good choice like a year and a half ago when he was last on TV? Who's that? Brad Maddox. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, can yeah, I ask? I a... say that. Yeah. I say that because. Yeah. I say that for two reasons. One, I'm a big Brad Maddox fan. Sure. But two, <laughs> but two, um, right after he, for no reason at all, got booted off TV. Uh, you guys remember when he was doing those like YouTube videos, yeah. where he was like trapped in a cave or something and <laughs> he was gradually going insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of after that ended, he like posted this random promo um, also on YouTube that was pretty excellent. And I feel like that sort of half deranged Brad Maddox would have been perfect for the Wyatt family
0: that that would be something i don't i think
2: He made an appearance yesterday he did yeah that's right in the in the brawl
0: oh you're right you're right you know what if you go on wwe.com i was going through their roster because i you know we do a lot of mixtaping of theme songs for transitions on the podcast and i was just seeing like whose songs i was missing that i could pick up And I was looking for Brad Maddox. He's actually on the alumni section right now with people who are no longer with the company or who are retired. So I'm kind of wondering what's going on with him. Maybe he's there just because he was an on-air character that got let go as GM, and that's just more the spot for him. I say, you know,
1: what's kind of weird is that the WWE website, they regulate their current roster kind of weird because um, although – uh, Brad Madness is in um, the alumni session. Cameron's on the active session. We haven't seen her in God knows how long.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. She's not on Total Divas anymore. I'm really wondering. Um, she says on Twitter that she's got a lot of projects and things coming up. but Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's not going to be a place for all these divas um, on the main roster when they keep bringing in more. And, you know, you got Bailey coming up. Sometime in the future, and Alexa Bliss, and there's more people behind them. Why don't we just go ahead oh, right and let's go. There's right
1: room in. for them. Yeah, there's just no room for ones that don't have talent. Well, <laughs> right. that,
0: that's the thing. She she has character, you know, from Total Divas, and like that can be used. But the, she was given some opportunities last year, and her character was just so flat; it didn't work. Mm-hmm. um Let's transition into the Divas, though. They got two matches on Raw this week. It was Charlotte and Brie on the first actual match of the show, and then later you had Becky Lynch and Paige versus, um, who'd they wrestle? Was it Sasha and, Sasha and
2: Naomi. Naomi. Naomi?
0: And those were, I, I enjoyed both matches. I thought they got a good reaction from the crowd. Um, it was nice finally to see Becky Lynch in the ring active because I've it was just cool for her to finally have her official main roster debut. Where do you think... I know we talked a little bit about this on Sunday on our episode uh, reviewing Battleground. Do we think they're headed for a three-way uh, Nine Diva tag at SummerSlam or is there something else? Where do you see this like team thing going? Because there's like, a triple rivalry between these teams right now. I'll start with you, Dr. M. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it seems like that's where they're headed. Some sort of nine diva match at SummerSlam. Although I kind of don't want them to go that way only because, you know, nine divas is just too many. It's going to get convoluted and become a cluster. Um, and I think I'd much rather prefer to see um, a match of fewer people where everybody gets a good amount of time to shine. And the title um, involved maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that too um but uh I, I don't know we'll have to see all i know is that uh i'm definitely enjoying how this uh diva revolution is going so far i'm entertained and like you said aaron they had two matches and the the tag team match if i remember correctly went two segments
0: i believe you're right uh, i think both matches might have went two segments actually they did
2: yeah yeah they did yeah. so uh I mean, it's just, it's really refreshing. And like I said before, I think so many fans were kind of yearning for the days of like the Attitude Era Divas and we probably won't get that again, but I think, I think we should be, uh, we should have some high hopes for, uh, this new talent that's in here now.
0: Yeah. And let me ask you this too, James, if they do go the nine diva tag route at SummerSlam, like where do you go from there going into Night of Champions? like what does that mean to? That's what I'm having a hard time with. Like it's not that I don't want to see that match necessarily. I just don't know what you get from that.
1: Uh obviously it's going to be fun. It's going to be very entertaining to display their skills on a on a bigger level. So I'm all for the that the nine uh diva 10 team. Hopefully it's, it's by single elimination. So, you know, we get a lot
0: of one-on-ones and maybe- yeah. You build a little bit of feud or something
1: towards the end, maybe you see some confliction between teams, no, whatever it may be. Yeah. But I'm I'm am to- I'm totally fine for it for SummerSlam, um, pending that it gets decent uh playtime. Mm-hmm. So but um on a note of where does it lead to as far as actually getting some type of championship uh match, I don't think that's in their picture right now. I mean I, I got kind of mixed feelings because I guess I, I figure if we don't ask this, it will be asked at some point. Out of the three that came up, who do we think is going to get the bigger push? And it's looking like Charlotte. You know, Charlotte has won both her singles matches, yep. both the ma- both her matches thus far. Very impressive, and uh, by submission is also impressive. You know, you know that's our finisher. But um, you know, you start thinking like you know, at, at what point do you know the do they actually give one of them the ultimate push? But I think right now they're just not worried about it. I think they're giving the fans what they want, what we've been asking for, keeping it fun and sighting And down the line where they where it needs to take a more of a serious tone, then they'll start worrying about, you know, who's up for the belt and, and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe my big hope is if, if they do go with that nine diva tag, I, I like what you said, the idea of maybe making it an elimination style so you can get a lot more going on one-on-one-wise. And I think that what what they could accomplish there, if they book it the right way is spawn a couple one on one rivalries that can lead to some matches and some feuds, like especially inner team turmoil, like I want to see Paige eventually turn heel on Charlotte and Becky Lynch because they're coming in and maybe taking her spot, and that wasn't the revolution she was looking for type of thing, so I think there's a lot of. A lot of good things they can do from it, and it seems like they have all the support in the world from Stephanie and Triple H, just based on what you see on Twitter and what we read online. Um, Yeah. Were there
2: any other... Can I tell you what I want to see, though? Um, I I think we have enough solid divas in WWE now where we can have some sort of a tournament. Queen of the Ring? Um, Possibly Queen of the Ring, or... I mean even to make the divas title, you know, feel more important now. I think there's enough divas now to have a fairly solid, you know, maybe eight diva, you know, number one contenders tournament that maybe culminates at night of champions. Yeah.
0: Like the gold rush Um, tournament that they did many years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I would love to see that. I think most wrestling fans like tournament style, um, you know, scenarios that happen in WWE, um, and it would be hopefully a nice rebound from what ultimately was a bust of a King of the Ring tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, if that doesn't happen, I, um, I was actually on the, on the network a couple of days ago, kind of browsing around, and um, I actually came across um, some years ago, this is back in the Attitude Era, when they used to do six pack challenges. Do you guys remember that? Can Not you, sure
0: if I do. I like. I remember the um, name of it. But I can't remember how it worked. Can you explain it for us and the listeners?
2: Yeah. So it was basically um, six competitors, and uh, I don't know if they ever did it with. Um, they probably did do it with the uh, with the male superstars, uh, but there was one match I watched, and now the pay per view is escaping me. But it had Trish, Victoria, Lita, I think Ivory, Jacqueline, and. Molly Holly forgetting the last one I don't know if it was her I'm forgetting the last one China but uh no it wasn't China okay it could have been Molly um anyways but uh yeah four of the divas were sort of outside at the various corners and and two of the divas were in the ring and um it was basic it was an elimination style match and uh it was quite the good match too with with those competitors of course it was um, and I think it would be interesting if WWE were to bring that back.
1: Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I had a, I had a similar experience. Up, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't run into a good idea. I ran into the brawl for all boxing tournament and I was like,
2: what were they thinking about? This? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think that it would be also, I mean, I think they want to, I think they want to, you know, keep these teams from being less destructive as long as they can mm-hmm. to keep having fun with. As you see, the bookings of the matches have been like two members here versus two members here versus two members here. It's basically, you know, basic mathematics. They're just like mixing them up and saying, you two, you two, you two, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I was going to say right before you spoke, um, if there's going to be any friction between uh, teams, it will be Seem bad yes the interaction between Bailey and naomi on mike already seems kind of like okay because you know Bailey's saying like you know she's the baddest diva
0: you mean sasha banks
1: i'm sorry yeah sasha banks i'm sorry yeah yeah she said she's the baddest diva on the roster and naomi kind of like had to bite her tongue yeah you can tell she doesn't like
0: that yeah (laughs) and that's great i love that they did that
1: and then it was uh, JBL. JBL being JBL as usual, asked some question about the NST title or something. It was and it, it another kind of like smart remark. But um, it seems to be. But Naomi, oh no, 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 too. Naomi's also really great on commentary or just whatever you want to call that, just the guest commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, proving JBL wrong about making. Unjustified statements by <laughs> um, by, by the, the statement he, he somebody made about Charlotte uh, always claiming Rip Ric Flair's name and he and she was like well if your if your dad was a Hall of Famer would you do it she's like well Tamir doesn't do it
0: does he He's yeah like, oh, oh, oh yeah <laughs> I love it. I think maybe they're just telling them to like go get over on JBL's behalf every week because <laughs> like Titus did it <laughs> a couple weeks ago too it was great. Yeah. You got you so, got you guys got me thinking though like thinking ahead towards WrestleMania if you really wanted to elevate that D- Divas title what about having a little 15 Diva Royal Rumble for a title shot for the Divas title at Mania I could get into only, that too you know what I'm saying Only if it
1: gets legit play because every other Divas battle royal 10 people will be eliminated in the blink of an eye and it's <laughs> just be, be the made two people
0: that obviously, is the most dominant in the division to stand in here. Well, and it would so, be it would be cool because then they could bring back people to kind of fill it out to maybe get maybe even have twenty, and maybe you have the entrance times a little quicker so it doesn't <clears throat> overshadow the main rumble. But you could bring back yeah. people like Molly Holly would probably come back and work something like that, or it would be <laughs> a real it would be a real nice way for them to finally acknowledge the contributions of China to bring her back. I don't know. I don't think they'd actually do it. But I'm with the movement of getting China in the Hall of Fame because she did a lot of big stuff for women's wrestling and just for wrestling in general during her heyday. You know, Mm -hmm. she's made mistakes, but like there's so many people in the Hall of Fame. If they let, you know, certain people in that made bad mistakes in the past, they should be able to let her in too. But that's just my little soapbox. I'll tell you
1: what, if TNA uh, um, contract situation detonates, then there's a bunch. Of women wrestlers that would be very fond of coming back to the E, like Gail Kim and awesome also Kong Like, yeah, I love that. Could be interesting.
0: I don't know. If Gail Kim would be welcome back. She said a lot of pretty awful things about Vince in the press recently.
2: Yeah, I doubt <laughs> she'd be coming back. But I would. I
0: would love to see Karma come back again. I think we've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. Um, were there any other big beats from RAW that you guys wanted to touch on before we moved on to wrestling news of the week and tough enough?
1: Just I got a couple of things. Go I want to I want to pay homage to the Charlotte and Bree match. Um, it was I thought it was a pretty really solid match. Besides, I think Charlotte made like one mistake, unless that's how it was supposed to be.
0: That spot he, outside the um, ring. Yeah, yeah. I was think really that questionable was questionable right there. It felt like kind of a botch, uh, but maybe it wasn't. I I know what you're saying. Yeah,
1: so that, that kind of, you know I'm, I'm kind of paying a little bit of attention to them You know, seeing if they're getting all the, the jitterbugs Out coming up to the main roster So on that note, she she definitely wrestled a good match um, The Primetime Players match versus the uh, Los Matadores I kind of spoke about that during the Battleground review Saying like, you know, they're just going to toss people in Against the Primetime Players None of it's really not going to, it's not going to matter All those tag teams It's 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 just a whole bunch Of just fun teams Just really Wrestling Like To to be honest There doesn't really seem To be no heels In the tag team division I mean You can say the ascension But do you even Take them serious to be No (laughs) A heel No And So you know It's just gonna be A whole bunch of random Tag team matches Until They eventually build The new day back up again Um For Another run Yeah Um the big show and Miz is just whatever the Miz is great and the big show actually the big show kind of
0: I liked I it he cut a
1: good promo I liked it that, that day saying he's gonna come to toughen up and all that I, I, I was kind of fond of that I liked um, it the only last thing I was gonna say was um, the, the page of Becky Lynch versus Naomi and Sasha Banks Becky Lynch as much as I like her Um, She she seemed to be a little off And a little nervous Um, She didn't sell at all Like Paige is so good That you absolutely can see the dynamics Of a well polished wrestler Versus an amateur And and you can obviously See that Becky was very uncomfortable In this match And it was her first match So uh, with that you know, you just give her credit that she's obviously going to be better and better because we know the talent's there. But, yes, yeah, so all three of the ladies that got called up, you're obviously going to see them progressing, become better and better, and it's just, just going to make the division more and more competitive. And that's absolutely from a
0: skill level. I think Becky would have looked a lot better, to in fairness to her, if they had given her time for any offense because most of the time she was building the heat by taking all the offense from the heel team until she finally got the hot tag to Paige. But, um, yeah, so yeah. I think that she could definitely have a better showing, and hopefully she gets that in the coming weeks. Um, Dr. M, yeah. did you have any big beats from Raw that we wanted to touch on before we moved on?
2: Uh, you know, I actually, uh, 2 Chains and I were talking about this before uh, we got started tonight, but uh, the main event, while it, it really didn't, have much of a purpose I think one big beat I would add is that the finish to the main event the uh, slingshot into the RKO that was pretty nice yeah, that was pretty
3: yeah. Nice.
0: it was pretty nice uh, wasn't yeah. it
2: and uh, I mean I thought it was a. I thought it was great to see uh, Cesaro I'm a big Cesaro fan thought it was great to see him in the ring arms raised with Orton and Cena at the end um, I thought it was a decent way to end the show uh, despite the fact that the the match itself probably didn't have a whole lot of meaning but
0: uh, no. fun nonetheless yeah it didn't really move anything forward but it was it was fun and maybe the point of it was that we got a decisive babyface victory considering some of the shenanigans <laughs> from the pay-per-view the night before that's kind of the only probably. the way I read it but um, you talked about the big show to James, and he had himself quite a little showing on Tough Enough tonight, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did. Right. Oh, right. Be- right before we go to that, I just wanted to know: do you do you guys think that um, the Summer Rae and Lana view is anything to consider?
0: Yes. How, and what? Uh, maybe a mixed tag, or maybe just them getting. Physical during a Rusev Dolph match at SummerSlam, but they had me sold when Summer Rae came in with that new outfit and hairdo and slapped her in the face. That they and then Lana comes out kind of randomly in the main event and just like takes her to task, and the crowd went crazy for it. So, but they had me when Summer Rae had the new outfit. I don't know why. I'm not sure why it works, but it's it's very entertaining. It's kind of I call it. I call it the AJ effect. You might remember when AJ was introduced as the raw general manager and she had her kind of crazy AJ gimmick going on and the crowd was just eating it up for whatever reason. I think Lana kind of has that vibe about her. Not that she's crazy, but just people kind of dig what she's doing for the moment. Yeah. She's kind of coming out of yep. her shell a little bit and people dig that, I guess. I don't know. I like it, though.
2: Apparently she's uh, training in the ring
0: Oh, good for uh,
2: her uh, This is probably going to get more physical As we go forward here Um, But yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm a little on the fence about it right now. Although I agree with Aaron um, dressing a uh, summer Ray up like Lana, I thought was a great move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that whole backstage segment with Rusev staring
0: at Lana while he kissed summer Ray. That was fantastic. And he's, he's uh, like, you know, you don't look very good today. Are you tired or something?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have, uh, I mean, there's the, I think this, we might all can, we might attach this to the uh, Divas Revolution. We have, you know, the new NXT call-ups, and then we have this sort of side feud with Lana and Summer Rae. So uh, definitely getting more TV time.
0: That's 11, 11 Divas if anyone's keeping count. And if uh, if Tyson Kidd hadn't gotten hurt, you would have had Natalia as their valet, and that would have been 12 Divas making their way on the screen every week. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a change. Well, kind of going back to tough enough, um, I know we were talking a little bit on Facebook before we recorded, that or on, on a text message, I can't remember, but uh, we were all pretty hot about Patrick getting the boot tonight. I don't think he did himself any favors in the way he carried himself. Maybe that's a mark of immaturity being you know young like he is, but um, let's start with our boy from D.C. area, 2Chames, uh, you were pretty pretty down on tough enough tonight
1: um I I absolutely have to agree that uh Patrick's maturity is being displayed by his age you cannot fault him for that because you can't fault ZZ as well for his maturity and his tactics on trying to win um the, the different events each week but um I am a big advocate of sometimes you gotta learn to just be quiet in order to learn, and I knew eventually his mouth was gonna get him him in trouble. Um, Get him in trouble to get him scared to change his app, but not get him in trouble to get eliminated. Um, No question that this elimination today is because the kid, he lives, breathes, sleep, wrestling. I have no confidence that anybody else in the competition has that statue. Um, the fact that all of us got up to watch the uh, Beast in the East pay-per-view was because nobody, no, not one of us forced each other to do it. You know, nobody, you know, was bugging each other like we gotta do this for the, for the fans we did it because that's what we like to do and if I was on tough enough I am selling myself to be the supreme student of the sport besides that um, nobody goes into any competition or anything so him having an amateur background should not um, should not hurt him because anybody that wanted to be a wrestler should have some type of slight exposure. But making it to the depth he is the big leagues, you know? Everybody played pop Warner football. You may play arena football, but when you get in the NFL, you you solidified your, your skill. But I just don't think that it was fair for... I don't think it was fair for him to be eliminated for if it's not... I, and Page was the one that voted him, which was another thing that kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. But um, if it's if it's strictly because of the fact that he runs his mouth too much or he kind of belittles ZZ on his physique, um, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, this guy was the was obviously one of the fan favorites. Shoot, if you look at the WWE website, which I was just on not too long ago, it says a shocking elimination in week five. <laughs> well. I didn't write that. <laughs> so somebody, somebody obviously feels the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, it was just, it was very distasteful. Like I couldn't believe it. And I think their ratings is going to be hurt because everybody's looking to see, maybe not strictly to see him be the winner, but his personality ain't just one of the guys that's on it. You know, you, you know his name, not because it's just a simple name, but because of the fact that he's trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. You know, he's 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 been giving his all, and, you know, he's promotes on social networks, on social networks. That's way more than you can say about other people because we follow all of yeah. them. Yep. And like I said, he's just the epitome of somebody that wants to be a WWE superstar, and I'm just not a fan of him being eliminated today. Um, my last note, and then i you know, let you guys you know, say something about it, is for the sake of reality shows that I watch, from the garbage ones I watch and to the ones that's actually worth something, um, there seems to be a sort of repetition for popular people that's been eliminated to make appearances to come back. So if, if we don't see him back on the show... I'm gonna put my money that we will see him in NXT at some point, but I'm gonna let the doctor speak on something that he said earlier, which is very, very intriguing. But yeah, that's that's my piece with Tough Enough for the night.
0: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Doc.
2: Um, so I'm trying to remember what I what Two Chains thinks I said that was intriguing. But, uh, <laughs> while I think while I think of that, I just want to say that. Uh, Uh, You know, Tough Enough's a joke at this point, and uh, I think uh, some of the wrestlers, current and former, on Twitter have attested to that. And honestly, you know, WWE should be ashamed of themselves for letting it become the fiasco that it's become. Um, I can't imagine why anyone thought it would be a good idea. I mean, I know you want to get the fans involved um, and make your show interactive, but this whole voting system, um, as Nick Foley quite accurately put it, it's a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the reason that I, you know, am not a fan of tonight's elimination and uh, will probably no longer be watching the show is because we have, who is it, Sarah Lee, who seems to have been given about 10 chances and she's still on the show. And Patrick, who's kind of gets called out one time and he's eliminated. So, uh, you know, I just, I I sort of lost my investment in the show. And yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the ratings plummeted because of the people who are left. um, Not one of those men or women am I interested at all in seeing in the WWE ring. Uh, So, you know. Who, who knows where it's going to go from there. I'm personally not interested anymore. But, uh, I, one of our, our Twitter followers did know, and as two chain said that, uh, at some point, Patrick is going to make his way back into WWE. Um, I, I wouldn't be that shocked if we see him in NXT soon. I also wouldn't be shocked though. Here's, here's if, uh, your point. There we here's go. Your point. <laughs> uh, I also wouldn't be shocked if, um, we saw an organization like TNA or Global Force or maybe even ROH snatch him up um, because I think it would be foolish for a promotion not to. Obviously, he has a lot to learn, but uh, the potential is there and the, the actual enthusiasm for wrestling is there.
0: Yeah, he... If, I don't know how much it would, it would be detrimental to his future with WWE to go to a place like ROH or TNA, but it would be, he's got the name recognition to where people are going to at least be interested in um, taking a look at the guy when he has more proper training and he's ring ready. I'm with you. There is not a single soul left on the show that is a future star. Just... It, it's not no. gonna happen. And there are some inherent flaws with the way they have designed the show to the point where it's going to be so happenstance whoever happens to win at the end. And I was I was shocked that he got put in the bottom three because I think it was who's the blonde girl that didn't even finish the challenge? Why can't I place her name? Chelsea. No, not the one that got hurt. The other one that's like a supermodel wannabe, whatever.
2: Oh, they all look the same.
0: Oh, and then, and then that's part of the point is you don't have star power. I don't even know your name. Dar- Daria. No, she got kicked off last week or the week before.
1: Oh, Gabby, my bad. Uh, no, no, it's. I
0: don't know. There's Gigi, and then there's the blonde girl. She's buddies with, and I can't. It doesn't even. It doesn't even matter. She didn't even finish the challenge, and you got someone there who can't even half walk. And you're gonna kick off this kid who's in immaculate shape, who's got a look, he's got a presence, just because he he said something questionable. Like you got these other girls that say every expletive in the book and yell at each other just to try to make drama to get on TV. You're gonna keep them around, like it's just such a turnoff to me as a wrestling fan. And not only that, the show it's getting to the point where it's unentertaining when it's just like random challenge and then one ring drill like yeah it's just pales in comparison to the original seasons like like i said recently my wife and i went back and i showed her the whole first season from 01 and it's just so good you watch them and progress in the ring there's at least three or four segments of the show that just deal with in-ring progress and who's getting it and who's not and eliminations made sense and weren't just a popularity contest and um I don't even know, like I'm sure that I'll keep watching my wife digs the show, and sometimes you just kind of want to see how a car accident looks at the end of the car accident, yeah so, so maybe I'll keep tuning in just for that purpose, but it's definitely a waste. Um, I know we were big Patrick fans here on the podcast, so we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised at this point since it's a popularity contest of ZZ and Sarah Lee were our two winners. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and both of them will not make it in WWE.
0: No. Gosh, no. No, no, no. Can I think we've already invested too much time on Tough Enough.
3: For the support, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. Obviously, I didn't get the job done as far as Tough Enough is concerned because um, you hated
0: me. But whether you love me or you hate me, I did my job right. And I plan on doing that for play years to come. Could you guys see that? Yeah. Is that from Tough Talk?
1: Yeah, um, that's posted on... uh the WWE Twitter feed for Patrick <laughs>
0: a Yeah, great promo it's probably yeah, from me. from that Tough Talk show on the network that they do after oh okay but, which is which is yeah. almost kind of talking about Tough Enough Tough Talk is almost a better watch than Tough Enough cause they really it's really free for all kind of shoot and the judges really rip into them especially especially the people who aren't really cutting it that's a good watch I enjoy that more than the actual show and you kind of gotta watch the show to be able to get what's going on tough talk on the network with the miz but um thank you for playing that go patrick mm-hmm. um the news beat i wanted to hit on though as we kind of wrap up this segment did you guys see the thing about how tna restructured their talents contracts recently mm-hmm. so for those people that didn't see it what they what i read was that because TNA moving forward is going to be pretty much a TV entity, much like Lucha Underground, where they're not going to run non-televised live events, uh, typically called house shows, they restructured the contract so that the wrestlers no longer get a guaranteed downside, whether they work or not, or if they're hurt or whatever, and they just get a per-appearance fee. But they increase the per-appearance fee in order to kind of offset the money that they might've lost. I, I still think it's going to end up being a pay cut for most people the way it sounded. But then I read that some, you know, bigger talents that are more established like Kurt Angle or Jeff Hardy will still keep their, uh, downside, um, guaranteed on their contract. I think I'll speak first on, it. I think all it does is it's going to continue to drive talent away who can get a more consistent work. And a better presentation, they're gonna go work elsewhere. I know MVP just split, Magnus split, Austin Aries split, James Storm, Mickey James, uh, Taryn Terrell, who was a long time knockouts champion until recently split. I I get why they're doing it from a business side, but I don't think it's gonna help them retain many good talents. I don't know. What do you think about that, too, James?
1: Totally clueless. <laughs> To- totally said at all. Um,
2: TNA just seems to be a ticking time bomb, and I'm just, I just can't wait for a lot of these talents to
1: either jump ship or their uh, management offices get stuff legit for them. Cause I just feel bad for them. I feel like, I feel like they work for the government and they get, they're
0: about to get by the furlough or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know from what i've read is like all indications are that they're going to lose their television deal on destination in um september in the united states but they have a lot of global um contracted television to where it's going to keep them afloat i guess i don't see anything but doom and gloom here and like when you watch the tv product it's it's so unbearable at times the only segment i really look forward to every week is what ec3 is doing and I was stupid and read the spoilers moving for the next couple weeks, and his storyline gets continually more convoluted, and you bring Bully Ray back as the on-air authority. I don't know. Dr. M, have you, have you even been watching TNA lately, Dr. M, or am I telling you things uh, for the first time here?
2: <laughs> no, no uh, I haven't been watching it lately. Uh, I had a, a string of a few weeks maybe a couple months ago where I, I was trying to watch the episodes in part because, uh, I, I was a big fan of the dollhouse stable that they sure. developed. Um, but, uh, yeah, this contract situation is, uh, is absurd. Um, I don't understand how you as a, as anyone running a business, how you can expect your roster to be content with the fact that they're, they won't have guaranteed money. <laughs> um, like that, that just doesn't seem like a, a good business move to me, um, and, and so I. It just makes me wonder, you know, where TNA is going to go from here. Um, yeah, they do have that global, that global presence, and um, a couple of months ago, somebody posted um, an interview. I think it was with Jeremy Borash, where um, he basically suggested that. TNA would almost be better off if they ba- were based in the UK which I think is absolutely right uh, whenever they go over there and do tours and live events and t- TV tapings those crowds are always pretty large they're always pretty invested um, TNA is obviously a little bit more um, welcome or tolerable I guess um, <laughs> overseas, <laughs> overseas than it tolerable. is here that's in the a good States. word yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think going forward, that, that might be something TNA really needs to consider. You need to go where you're the strongest. I mean— um, And if that's in the U.K., then, you know, they may need to consider that.
0: Ring of Honor does a good job of knowing where their strengths are in terms of um, audiences because they play places like—I think they call Baltimore home for a lot of their stuff because I think they're based out of there, but they do shows— mm-hmm in the same markets where they have pretty strong followings and you get a good crowd reaction for the stuff you tape like Chicago and Vegas. I know they do a lot of business out in Vegas. Uh, Milwaukee's a big market for them and Dallas coming up. You know, we have tickets to the show on April 2nd, I want to say WrestleMania weekend. So yeah, Yeah. I think that that would be an interesting move for them, but it kind of seems like the dominoes are falling as, as we expect them to. And, At this point, I'm not sure how much more we're going to continue to talk about TNA as a current (laughs) wrestling product on this podcast just because very few of us are actively watching it. I try to watch it, and it's difficult. And if they're not going to be on my television come September, I don't see the point in sticking with it if I'm just going to lose access to the show in a a number of weeks. So I think with that, we are going to... um, conclude this discussion but our ring of honor preview is coming up next but um for two chames and for dr m this has kind of been our free for all talk segment we'll catch you guys shortly And we're back here with you again on uh, the second part of our midweek episode. We're going to be previewing Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor 13. Uh, they have an iPay-per-view coming up this Friday night in Baltimore, Maryland. Two of our uh, co-hosts actually live fairly close to Baltimore. Two Chains and us, uh before we got on the air. You guys are talking about maybe attending this.
3: Yeah, we're trying to work it out now. I mean, normally at that type of venue where it's going to be at in Baltimore, you probably can get tickets the day of. Um, tickets are very cheap 20 dollars so we might just make a trip and just you know see what we can do can't can't lose or hurt nothing even though we're going in Dallas in the future I mean it's right in our backyard
0: why not I mean might as well I I always say it's better to, to go see wrestling than not go see wrestling that's just my opinion
3: absolutely
0: yeah absolutely so yeah we have two chains we have Cellus and then we also have Doctor M in the house uh, we just got done watching ROH's two hundredth episode on Destination America. And uh, Dr. M, why don't you fill the people in on kind of why this was a poor go-home show for the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I think there was a lot of hype for the 200th episode, and rightfully so. But um, it it seemed to be more recaps of of previous matches, and of course, big, significant matches, Uh, but recaps nonetheless. And I would think for the 200th show, I mean, sure, there might be a spot in the card for like a quick video or something recapping, but to have over half of your show recapping previous matches, I don't know if that's what I would have done, you know, in, you know, producing this show. Um, the main event was, uh, an eight man tag, uh, Jay Lethal's crew against, uh, the Bristos, uh, Roderick Strong and ODB. Um, entertaining at some points. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like I was expecting more than what I got out of it. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Uh, but yeah, overall as a go home show, I don't think it really did much to build, uh, for this big pay-per-view coming up this weekend.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't much to write home about. It almost, it felt really minor league like act like you've been there before. You have a, you only have an hour of TV to promote your pay-per-view on Friday and you spend, like you said, you know, at least half of it throwing back to previous, you know, talents that aren't even in the company. Like we ha- we had a Kevin Steen package, and I think two yeah. AJ Styles packages. Neither of those guys are on your show. Kevin Owens works for the promotion, uh, the competition right now, excuse me. So it just felt a little minor league-ish. I think if you kind of look back at this pay per view, it would be fun to attend. Like if I was, if I lived close, like some of you guys did, I would probably consider going, but I think it'll probably be looked at more like a throwaway show. You know, maybe we'll get surprised. We can kind of run through some of the bigger matches. We can start with um, the Briscoes are taking on Rapongi Vice, which is Beretta and Rocky Romero. I, pff, those two are in New Japan most of the time, Rapongi Vice. I don't even understand the point of this match. It kind of seemed like the Briscoes are feuding with the House of Truth, so why not have Donovan Dijak on the card, for example, wrestle one of those guys. Does anybody have any groundbreaking thoughts on this one?
3: Well, one thing I would say is Trent is found. Um, if you want to look at that aspect, <laughs> you know, just a little pun off of uh, Zach Ryder about where where is Trent when he had his raw show. Um, but I'm just I'm just happy to see you know Trent Beretta. And actually, let's decide. No, I used to work with somebody. I had a friend that used to date Trent Baretta. His real name is Greg Masciano or something like that. I want to mispronounce his last name. So just just good to see him wrestling and get some, some work on it, you know, because he's been in the business for a while now. Um, but but I, I expect the Briscoes to easily go over here, probably a semi-quick match um, just to get some pop from the fans about, you know, having those two work together and seeing them in Baltimore area, but nothing too much.
0: Yeah, and then we have um, – we also have our boy Moose – who's going to try and get his revenge on Cedric Alexander because uh, Veda Scott kind of switched sides on him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two chains. I think if, if there's any reason to go, it's to go see Moose in Baltimore, right?
1: Absolutely. It's his hometown crowd. Um, obviously, he's going to get a big ovation from that. Uh, he will be considered the face. So just to, it's just cool to be part of that. Uh, we don't have too many hometown wrestlers in dc so it's, it's always good to be on that side to give you know show that support
0: for sure man i i think i'm hoping i get to go to see global force wrestling coming up here in september and I'm, i know moose is a part of their roster i don't know what shows he's on versus not on i'm guessing that's why we haven't seen moose on roh tv for the last couple of weeks maybe he's been off doing global force shows and wasn't at the tapings but um I think that could, I, I would expect Moose to go over here. I I would like to maybe see him eventually if you but Jay Lethal. I think that could be a pretty interesting matchup. I don't think
3: he's ready for that though.
0: No. He's not yeah, not yet, but down the line, maybe like nah. maybe when we get okay. closer to Dallas in April. Hopefully. Maybe then when they have the super card of honor pay per view the night before uh we're attending the T V tapings the next day. But um I think the big match that most folks are probably looking forward to the most on the card. We have a four corner survival tag team match for the ROH World Tag Championships. We have the reigning champs, the addiction versus Red Dragon versus the Kingdom versus War Machine. I think this yeah. is gonna be a spot fest to end all spot fests. Um I know <laughs> they've really teased, you know, with the addiction getting a lot of cheap wins and cheap title defenses. Um, most specifically on the previous pay-per-view, they had some shenanigans going on in the way that they retained their titles. Do you guys see the addiction continuing to hold the straps, or do you think we see new champions here? Um, I think we see new champions here because if you
3: think about – I don't want to say this, this pay-per-view for RH is going to be a complete throwaway. If one thing had to be a shock factor or change, I think this would be the match – that they could do it um, maybe I could see War Machine taking in. I'm not sure how they want to go with it but if, if the addiction still retained I wouldn't surprise me but I think if you want to make us some type of way where it's not a throwaway and worth the price of a mission, I think you would have a title change here
0: that's a really great point um, what do you think Dr. M who do you got winning this one
3: uh,
2: yeah I agree with uh, Salas I think uh, there probably will be a title change although it's kind of hard to pinpoint who I think if I was booking it, I would actually consider keeping the titles on the addiction. Um, in part because, you know, they have a lot of they have a lot of steam right now, and probably one of the better heel tag teams, um, if not in all of wrestling, at least in you know some of the um, kind of major promotions right now. I think they're kind of at the top of their game. So, um, but yeah, I think there's going to be a title change. I just because it's going to be such a spot fest, it's hard to pick who is going to end up walking away with the belt, though.
0: So. Yeah. What do you think, 2 James? Do you see a title change here?
1: I'm going to go with a very cliché type of answer. But I think if Adam Cole picks up the win uh, in this pay-per-view, I'm going to go with the Kingdom um also with the win the title change
0: just because
1: it's a throwaway so just for giggles you
0: know yeah well it'd be kind of uh it would kind of line up that way it would be nice to see the kingdom get put back up uh yeah. because they dropped their iwgp tag, tag straps recently um mm-hmm. at dominion to uh the bullet club so yeah that 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 makes sense i I see the addiction retaining here. I think if you were going to do a title change, Red Dragon's been feuding most specifically with the addiction. But I don't think if they're going to get their revenge on the addiction, I don't think you do it in a match that has two other teams involved. I think you wait and have that be a straight-up tag match, maybe with another stipulation like they did at Best in the World. But um, I think this is going to be match of the night if I had to pick now. But another match that could contend for that title would be the, what's the main event, uh, our new ROH world champion, Jay Lethal, defending against Roderick Strong. One disappointment I have in the show, um, we saw that matchmaker Nigel McGuinness on a recent episode of ROH TV, he said that uh, Jay Lethal would have to continually defend both of his championships. This would kind of be a prime opportunity to even make him look stronger than he already has been, have him defend that TV title at the beginning of the show and then the world title at the end. But uh, maybe that's not to be. I mean, Jay Lethal is clearly retaining here, right, guys? Oh, yeah,
3: for sure. And we even talked about that before the podcast, Aaron, that, you know, that RRH normally has their world title holders hold their titles for a long time. So I definitely expect Jay Lethal to be the face of that company for maybe a year, over a year, close to two, as he continues to promote himself being one of the premier or best wrestlers until maybe – or hopefully he can get his shot with
0: the WWE one day. Well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, because one thing I read recently was that his deal with ROH is coming to a conclusion you know, in the coming months, and like you said, they like to have long-term champions over there. They already have him in the promotional materials, like we were saying before we got on air, for the show we're going to in Dallas, and he's got both straps on him. In the pictures, something they could easily you know, edit if they had to, but um, I know that NXT and WWE were interested in a guy like Jay Lethal, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what his long-term future is. I think he would get more shine, like you said, staying in ROH. And I think this match against Roderick Strong is merely to solidify his status as the man of that company. I don't expect anything but a Jay Lethal win here, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the uh, the Death Before Dishonor uh, pay-per-view. It's going to be iPay-per-view only this Friday evening in Baltimore, Maryland hoping, fingers crossed, maybe we'll get a live report back on the weekend episode from uh, Celis and 2Champs. So we'll have to check that out. But that is our ROH preview. We'll get back with you on the review about that on a future episode.
3: My keys take a lash out of jack for a hit the road. Find me unwinded smell the sun shining, a long hot stretch and it takes its toe. Skin ain't as smooth as it used to be, but my baby always stand by me. Much...
0: This has been another production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. Email us at biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.